Hey, everybody. He's Kolchak. No, wait, she's Kolchak. No, wait, I'm Kolchak. It doesn't matter. There's too much Night Stalker weirdness going on with the Minnesota Vikings. We all got to try and figure it out. Welcome to Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you? Kolchak. That was Cold a great show, of- man. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. Episode 37. Welcome and hello to everybody out there. Thanks for tuning in for episode 37. Uh, we got a lot to go over in the show, and uh, it's always great to be here talking with you and Toonses, Ted. Glad you're doing well, Toonses, the talking cat. Use your non-opposable thumb and <laughs> unmute the mic and let us know how you're doing this fine evening. I'm doing really good. I have a couple jokes, but I had a hard time. <laughs> I had a hard time finding current Carolina Panthers jokes, so I'm going to bring you back to the Cam Newton era for a second, okay? What do the Los Angeles Police Department and the Carolina Panthers have in common? What? Neither one can stop a Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what do weed and the Carolina Panthers have in common? Drew, you should oh, know this we... one. <laughs> <laughs> There's a long list for this one. They both get smoked at bowls. Well, they were here, and they said that they were going to go there. And they went. This weed is fantastic! (laughs) Oh! Oh, Oh, man! It was that! (laughs) I'm cooler than you guys are. (laughs) Why don't you fix your little problem, Ted Glover, and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. Resume the countdown. <laughs> All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Welcome back to Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. You know, I should be happier doing this show after a Vikings win this past weekend. <laughs> But uh, uh, we we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. We got some Vikings news. Drewster, we got your question of the week. We're going to talk about our fantasy football contest between us and Vikings Uncensored and then the three-person contest we have going on. We've got our preview with the Carolina Panthers coming up. Of course, we've got trivia. We've got Jumo. We've got the Purple Kool-Aid coming up. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I'll tell you, the reason we started off with uh, Night Stalker, Coljack is because it's October. We started last month. The whole month of October, we're going we're gonna to be shouting out creepy shows uh, that gave us nightmares when we were children. And uh, the Coljack Night Stalker show did just that for me. Richard Ramirez, right? We're doing the Night Stalker? No, no, not, not the Richard Ramirez. The, the one oh. with Darren McGavin. Oh, let me get my other notes. Richard Ramirez. I thought that was what you wanted to talk about. Well, you're from California, so that would... That would make sense. It's the Night Stalker, only around for one season. Ted. Yeah, but for one season, it's the most telling show that's that's carried on like a cult thing. Darren McGavin stars as Kolchak, but Night Stalker. What a crazy show! I loved it. I loved that show. My mother got me a camera because remember he had the camera. He was mm-hmm. the investigator. It was like science fiction, horror, and crime fighting all in the same show. It was beautiful. It, it was. And I, I wish the Vikings beat reporters were like Kolchak, when we're going, who would go into the police precincts <laughs> and ask all those questions and get thrown out. Kolchak, if you ask another question, I'm going to have you physically removed. 
Darren McGavin. <laughs> what a great job Darren McGavin did in that show. There was one episode. It still creeps me out to this day. I, there was like this this thing living in the sewers below Chicago because that's where yes. the, the show was set. And and I remember Kolchak was down there looking for it. He crawled down one of those uh, a manhole cover on the sewer and and he like standing knee deep in poopy water. And this the Sigmund the sea monster thing comes up out of the water. And it's but it's creepy Sigmund the sea monster. And little kid me, I had to change the channel. I was so scared. I still can't watch this episode. Vampires sucking bone marrow out of people. It was creepy, man. That show should have been on for 10 seasons, not one. The guy that created X-Files, Chris Carter, not not our beloved Chris Carter, the other guy, yeah. some direct, director or producer or something, he said 100% of the sole I ideas for X-Files came from the Night Stalker show. That was a creepy show, man. I, I mean, it's probably, if you go back and watch it now, it's probably campy compared to some of the, you know, just th from the era from then to today but man it was creep show creep show let's talk about standing poopy water that was almost the vikings last sunday kind of was it kind of was poopy water poopy water at the end there ted we, we need we need kolchak to figure out what the heck's going on <laughs> with the minnesota viking just what is your name huh what happened here maybe there's like some underwater sea monster or vampire that's sucking the bone marrow and talent out of this team i don't know we'll figure it out Sick news. <laughs> <laughs> so Minnesota Vikings pulled out a squeaker 1917 over the Detroit Lions. Woo! Uh, it it looked bad their last inside the last minute after Alexander Madison fumbled. Lions scored. Kirk Cousins took the Vikings right down the field. Greg Joseph hit a game-winning 54-yard field goal. And at the end of the game, if you watched our Vikings report rewind again, you can catch Vikings report rewind live after every Minnesota Vikings game. Be kind and rewind. We kind of all felt, you, me, and, and our, our partner in crime, Christopher Gates, felt that kind of felt like a loss. Had the Vikings actually lost that game, which it seemed like they were for a, a hot minute, would Mike Zimmer be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings today, Drew Bunting? He would, but he wouldn't be because I thought he should be. If he lost that game, you got to you gotta get rid of him, but the Wolves won't get rid of him no matter what, no matter how many games he loses. You don't think they would have fired him? You know what? They're going to fire him. If a guy comes in and says, you know what? The Vikings are, the team's trash. We can't win anymore. We're one and eight. They're going to shrug their shoulders. If a guy comes in the office and says, the Vikings are trash, they're one and eight, and we're losing money, then all of a sudden the eyebrows are going to go up. Wait, what'd you say? Wait, what's the <laughs> last part? Get to that last part again. I'm afraid that's what it comes down to. They're like absentee owners, man. They're looking at the bottom line, the money line. I think yesterday, was different. There were a lot of excuses put out for last year with no fans in the stands and COVID and and all and no training camp and no preseason or a real very limited training camp. And to this day, the facts have been suppressed in a massive effort to save certain political careers from disaster. No OTAs, none of that stuff. Yesterday felt different. The the reaction on social media was absolute anger and disgust after a win. Right. And, there were some good things the Vikings did. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But it, it it just seemed like had the Vikings lost that game, even even though they won yesterday, it still feels like kind of a turning point because folks I follow on social media and interact with who were the most diehard members of the Church of Jesus Mike and Latter-day Rubes 
are no longer, they're no longer an acolyte. They're no longer seeking confirmation. They're no longer take. they actually are taking confession, it feels like. And trying to get out of the church's immortology. I, I don't, it, it feels like yesterday was a big turning point with a lot of Viking fans with regards to Mike Zimmer. I think, yes, the way things were building, and had that been a loss, I, I think the Wilfs almost would have been forced to deal with the situation. But I can see why you don't think they would have. I, I could maybe be talked into waiting one more week in Carolina and then going into the bye week and then firing him. But now, yes, with the win, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to get released this year. Do you? No, there won't be any. I don't think there, I'm almost certain there won't be any changes until after the season. It could get a lot worse with the schedule. The Vikings got a tough schedule coming up. You know, Ted, we talked as far back as last year, and even last January when we started this awesome show that I really love doing with you. No, go on, go on, go on. We talked about there's a disconnect with the Vikings between uh, maybe Spielman or Zimmer, the owner. There's something that's weird. Something is not right. So this isn't surprising to us. It seems like it's bubbling now, though. After a win, there's more ripping on the Vikings after a win than there's ever been. It does. And, you know, I, I think some of that ripping is warranted. I mean, we, we talked about in, in our Rewind show with Chris how conservative and, and overall ineffective the Vikings offense is in the second half. Well, in the last two minutes – of the first half going into the second half. I mean, in the last two minutes of the first half, the Minnesota Vikings have been outscored 38 to 10. And yesterday with 41 seconds left and two timeouts on their own 18 up, I believe it was 13, six, uh, Mike Zimmer chose to run the ball twice and go to the locker room as opposed to trying to get points and score and make it a two score game. Which he did at the end with less time. In the exact same situation, the exact same mm. amount of timeouts, an almost identical field position. Identical. Identical. How bad is the Vikings' second-half offense that are that is causing people to say, we are done with Mike Zimmer? I got two tidbits of information for you. One is from a guy by the name of Paul Charchi, and he tweeted this out. Minnesota ranks 31st in deep passes, which is defined as 20 or more yards attempted downfield. Just three per game. Not one, not two, not four. Just three. Just three per game. Clint Kubiak needs to unleash the downfield passing attack. Now, when you have a guy like Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and one of the best, most accurate deep passers in the NFL and Kirk Cousins, that is borderline criminal, in my opinion. Three? I take more dumps in a day than three. No, I don't know what's going on with the with the offense, Ted, but I don't understand why they don't stick to the things they're good at. The Vikings have even pulled back on the play-action stuff, and, and Kirk Cousins is a great play-action quarterback. I don't understand that in itself. They're down to 18% use of play-action, and that's what's been their bread and butter the last few years. So I don't it, get it. It is. It's they unbelievable. They don't want to pull the trigger. They don't want to take any chances. Zimmer is scared. The coach is scared. That translates over to what happens on the field. Everybody's scared. Kubiak's scared. Everybody's scared to make a mistake. And when you play like that, you're going to lose a lot more than you win. And this has resulted in the following drives in the second half or overtime since Dalvin Cook 
scored a touchdown in week one. This, this is a tweet from my good buddy, Eric Thompson. I wrote with him for many years on Daily Norseman. You can still find his, his work over there at dailynorseman.com. So Eric tweets, second half slash OT drive since Dalvin Cook's TD in week one. So punt, field goal, punt, fumble, punt, field goal, punt, punt, miss field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal, punt, 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 interception, down, end of game, punt, punt, interception, punt, field goal, miss field goal, fumble, field goal. That is your Vikings end result of every second half drive after Dalvin Cook's touchdown in week one against Cincinnati. That's astounding, Ted Glover. If you'll notice, there are no touchdowns in that long list of futility. Not one. You give Eric Thompson the Tasty Tidbit of the Week award for that one. That's pretty good. There it is. How's that? <laughs> That's just another thing to pile on to Zim Gel, man. We were lawyers building a case to try Mike Zimmer on whether or not we should fire him or not. Those are two incredibly damning pieces of evidence right there, in my opinion. Well, you know what? Ruby's pretty established in the law field. And I imagine she'd like to, to do a little deposition on Mike Zimmer and ask him a few questions. I know she would. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Did you order the code red? You're damn right I did! Did you order the code red? I did the job! Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did! <laughs> I want answers. They won the game, and it's just like all this chaos going on. It's crazy, dude. Speaking of chaos, how about this? There was like this weird kind of bizarre sideline celebration when Greg Joseph hit the field goal between Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer. And a lot of people thought it was Mike Zimmer getting ready to throw a punch at Kirk Cousins because Kirk, Kirk grabbed him. You know, he, he like literally grabbed him and just punched him in the chest. I mean, he was he wasn't mad. He was celebrating. And, and, kind of funny, dude. And Kirk literally said, you like that? I think it caught Zimmer off guard. Zimmer even said in his in, in his press conference, he said, no, he was he was doing exactly what I told him to do. Be more vocal, be a leader, and we're fine, and it's good. And, and Kirk Cousins said in his post-game press conference after the game, no, we were just celebrating. It was all good. But but man, a lot of people looked at that and tried to break it down frame by frame like the friggin' Zapruder film in <laughs> Dallas. I, I mean, did you think there was anything to this, or was it just some conspiracy that goes way, way deep? I didn't read much into it. It seemed like it, Zimmer was maybe caught him off guard and he was a little annoyed by it. That's what I thought. But overall, it's just one of those things. Only the Vikings can make a celebration controversial. <laughs> Right. Well, yes. It has to be Minnesota. Was was he really celebrating? Was he not? Um, you know what I think it was. You know how when you're pounding around with your buddies and you're shoving them around or whatever, and then one guy just just shoves just a little bit too hard. Because I I mean like when you look, Kirk kind of thumped him in the chest pretty hard, and and he was like, yeah yeah yeah, this is cool. Bam. Hey, you mf'er, knock that crap off. <laughs> I, 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 I bet that's exactly what it was. And I think there was. That's all there was to it. I think they're fine. So, yeah, you don't think there's anything to this either, do you? No. No, I'm not going to play anything into that. All right. Good deal. But if you'll notice in that video, Mike Zimmer's head at one point does go back and to the left. Back and to the left. Back <laughs> and to the left. Back and to the left. And if you look, somebody other than Alexander Madison was on the grassy knoll right behind the bench. <laughs>
There was another running back there. I don't know if it was Wang Wu or whatever, but there was another back back there standing with him. I usually rip on people when they make mistakes. I've been known to rip on players, Ted, now and then. Really? Uh, <laughs> you don't strike me as that type of guy. And I felt so bad for Madison on the sidelines. I was furious with him. I'm furious! But I still felt, the look on his face was like, yeah, he felt really bad about he that. Did. I mean, that's football 101. They're going to try to take the ball from you. He learned his lesson, and we still won. So, Well, speaking of Alexander Madison, for all the anger and frustration that we felt towards that Vikings win, there were some good things that came out of that game. And, and you mentioned Alexander Madison. He had over 100 yards rushing again. He's now the leading rusher on the Vikings for the season. Just oh. Jefferson had another 100-yard game receiving. Okay. Christian Derrissaw had his debut. Yes, First-round tackle finally played. I thought he acquitted himself pretty well compared to Rashad Hill. Well, he needs to get in there and get some experience, and uh, why not in this game? Got to get started somewhere. It's good to just see our first-round pick on the field. Yeah, it is. The 2021 draft picks, early returns haven't been good. They just haven't seen the field, and Derrissaw getting onto the field and playing well was a very good sign indeed. Do you think he's done enough to become the, the full-time starter now, or do you see them kind of platooning him and Hill at least one more week and then giving Derrissaw the bye to become the starter? I think platoon him one more week and let him become the starter. And I am sticking to all that tape I watched on Christian Derrissaw Virginia Tech, and I'm sticking to it, and I'm going to hold my guns up in the air and say, you Viking fans are going to love it because that guy, when he gets rolling, he gets in a groove, and he starts starting week after week after week, you're going to see a guy mauling people and kicking ass in the run game. He is Good. an exceptional lineman. I'm sticking to my beliefs in him. He is a shredding left tackle, and you will be happy with it. Let the time get in there a little bit, but I, I don't think he's going to start full-time, get all the snaps this week, but platoon, bye, start crushing people. That guy's good. I think he's going to start. I think next week, Derrissaw gets more reps than, than Hill. Hill started and had more against uh, Detroit. I think Derrissaw starts and gets more against Hill, but they'll still platoon, then they'll have the bye week, and then I think barring Injury, setbacks, whatever. Derrissaw starts the rest of the year after that. Greg Joseph hit a couple field goals uh, to include the game winner, a 54-yarder. So I think, you know, the, the Vikings, yeah, after he missed that potential game winner in uh, in Arizona in week two, he's been pretty solid. I don't think he's missed an extra point. He might have missed one. I can't remember. He missed a field goal yesterday, which is weird because he hit two 50-plus yarders but missed a 49-yarder. Ball is deflated or something, dude. I don't know what the deal was, but Greg Joseph looks good. And lost in everything else for as much as we peel, seem to pile on Kirk Cousins for not being a money where your mouth is, rubber meets the road, quarterback, whatever it is you want to say. He was absolute money the last 37 seconds of that drive. He went three for three. He hit Adam Thielen on a deep pass, uh, hit K.J. Osborne as well, and got the Vikings in position to win. So hats off to Kirk for finishing that game strong. When things really hadn't gone right, the offense the entire second half. Sure would like to see that kind of urgency every drive. I mean, maybe there's an NFL rule where you can't have that kind of urgency until it's the end or something. But if they had that kind of intensity and urgency throughout the game, they might have 10 or 15 more points. I, I would think so. Or, or, you know, and I know they were going no huddle. And, and I, I think sometimes when an offense is struggling, if they go no huddle mid-third quarter, it sets a tempo and sets a pace and puts the defense off balance. And I, I was kind of wondering why they – haven't done that at all this year when it seemed and you can't go no huddle the whole time and I get all that but for an occasional change of pace I don't know why they wouldn't want to look at doing that if Detroit stays in base defense and still plays a little bit off but still play bump and run but just you know another five yards off type of thing 
mm -hmm. probably win that game. They helped us tremendously with that defensive alignment they were in. They had their guys back 50 yards away. I mean, they did. They left a they big did. hole in the zone. And in uh, those two passes, I was like, wow, it seems like we should be on the other end of that. We have been on the other end of that. So. Yeah, they, they played prevent defense, and it prevented them from winning the game is what it did. Ugly win, Ted, but we got it. At least we got it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, an ugly win is better than an ugly loss, and that would have been one of the ugliest losses in, in recent Vikings history. And it kind of leads me to a question I have for the Ted question of the week. All right. The Smitty question of the week. I thought of it after the game. Kirk Cousins. How would you assess his performance against the Lions? Uh, start to finish uneven again. I mean, his statistics were much better against Detroit than they were against Cleveland. Everybody pretty much stank against Cleveland on offense. He got it done when it mattered the most. We can criticize the play calling, which I think is warranted. We can criticize the Vikings getting too conservative when it was warranted. Kirk didn't make a lot of great throws in the second half, which contributed to the offense's ineptitude. But man, when it when it absolutely had to get done, do or die, Kirk got it done. So I, I don't really know where to go from here. I, I don't think Kirk is, is the reason, the sole reason this offense is, is struggling like they do. I mean, they, they do stupid things on like third and six or third and seven, and they do a direct snap to Alexander Madison. Why? I, I mean, you have yeah, yeah. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I mean, a lot of this goes back to the play calling. And, and if, if Detroit is doing stuff to take Jefferson away in the second half, well, you still got Tyler Conklin is, is around, throw to Madison out of the backfield. Adam Thielen, who was quiet as a church mouse until that last drive, he had a huge catch to get the Vikings close to midfield. What is happening with the play calling? Week one, Cincinnati, we got a little better in, in uh, Arizona, uh, picking up the pace a little bit. Seattle looked tremendous. It seemed like it was progressing the way it's supposed to progress, week after week, getting better after better, week better, wet, wet, that. And then last week, I know Cleveland has a good defense, but last week and this week, it's gone the other way. What is going on, Ted? What are they? Why are they changing? A couple of weeks ago, I talked about that book, Flowers for Algernon. Yeah. Where you got this really, really <laughs> mentally challenged guy, and he's given some medicine and becomes like super duper smart. Right, right. And then the medicine wears off and he becomes right. super dumb again. It feels like Charlie from Flowers for Algernon is our offensive coordinator. And the medicine hit its peak against Seattle. <laughs> and he was like, he, he was like connected to the universe. And he, he was five steps ahead of everybody. And then the medicine started wearing off. Why change? What are they doing? I, are they I out thinking themselves? Is take some shots. Go play action. Take some freaking shots down the field, man. <laughs> Another theory I had is, is Mike Zimmer doesn't want to get shown up by his offensive coordinator. And I joked about that in the in the Rewind show, but I don't know. There, there's something because the Vikings, for as good and aggressive as they look for the first 28 minutes of the game, they just seem to go into this shell the last two weeks. I mean, they, they went at it in Arizona. I think it has to do with what Mike Zimmer thinks is going to happen in the game. If he thinks they have to match score for score, he lets Kubiak open it up, and they go full throttle, let's run this track meet, which the Vikings offense, I believe, is fully capable of doing. Even if Dalvin Cook is out, I think they can run a full offense and, and can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody, even with Alexander Madison. But when he thinks he can win 20-13 to 13 or 19-17 to 17 or whatever it is, he plays field position. and It's like he's telling the offense, I'm too scared of you guys screwing up 
because I don't need you to get points from me because my defense can hold them. That's what I think is is going on, and I think it sends a terrible message, but that's it's just me. It's a poor coaching culture to, to show to your guys. It doesn't instill any confidence. It's really a poor way to coach. Yeah. And if he's worried about his coordinator outdoing him, then he shouldn't be the head coach. I want to speak up for the defense a little bit because you look at that. I'm not that Seahawks game. We held the Seahawks to 17 points. Held the Browns to how many, Ted? 14. And held the Lions to? 17. 17, 14, 17. In today's football, you can't ask for a better defense points allowed production than that. That's great. And it all comes down to the points. I mean, the run defense is shoddy and we, there's flaws at corner and everything like that. But when you look at the points allowed, 17, 14, and 17, you're really putting a lot in your defense by not pulling your sack on offense. You're not doing your job. You're not getting it done. But, you know, you, you keep a team in the teens. You, we, all, we talked about the Vikings should be 30 or 35 every week. They absolutely have the, the horses to do it, and they, yeah. they have done it. I mean, they did it back-to-back against Arizona against and against Seattle. There's nothing to make it think that they shouldn't be able to do that every week. The offense is the reason you struggled on that game against the Lions. The defense did their job. And, and against Cleveland, for that matter. Yeah. You hold a team under 20, you're doing your job. So the Vikings are now 2-3, and three, heading to Carolina. We'll preview that game in a minute. Then they have their bye week, and they got a pretty tough schedule coming out of the bye. We've talked both offense and defense, so this kind of leads into the Drew Bunting question of the week before I move to fantasy football. <laughs> Stop. Well, we're not going to do that. We're going to do something else. <laughs> no, that's fine. You kind of look like one of the Night Stalker's monsters there. I'm just saying. <laughs> What's the Drew Bunting question of the week? What is one thing the Vikings can do on offense and one thing on defense to make a playoff run? You know, on offense, they can open it up, let it rip, start go taking some deep shots, baby. That's right. what they need to do. Take their foot off the governor. They could let it go on offense, stretch the field with some long passes. If I can only have one thing, that's what I would do. And on defense, get back to the fundamentals and one thing, tackling. If the Vikings made more tackles when they had opportunities to make tackles, you'd be amazed at how much those numbers, those exorbitant run defense numbers would come down. So I would say tackling and the offense could really help the defense by putting 30 up. All righty. So that pretty much does it for the Vikings news for this week. We are moving on to our fantasy football segment. For those of you that have followed us, we are in a season-long contest with our buddies over at Vikings Uncensored. We started off pretty strong. We started off like two and one, and, and now we're we're three. We're we're two and three. We've we've lost a couple weeks in a row. Yeah, they got the better of us this week by about ninety points. Yeah, yeah, we we weren't very good at all. Well, they each had Brady, so yeah. Hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team. They did. They beat us again. So now we're we took our two game winning streak and turned it into a two game losing streak. But we'll be yeah. back next week. And we'll try and uh, top them next week. But we are now underwater with the Vikings uncensored <laughs> boys at two and three this year. Uh, we also have our own fantasy football contest going on between me and Drew and Tunsis. Drew, you are on a three game winning streak, my friend. Congratulations. <laughs> Jackson with all sorts of time. Now throws. Caught. Andrews. Touchdown. 
for the tie. It's Andrews and he got it. So how this works, we will pick a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. We can only pick those players one time. You guys look at the teams we have picked for that week, and you tell us in the comments section below who you think is going to win. It's a standard PPR scoring system, and we do not pick any of the players that are playing on the Thursday night game. This week, it's Tampa Bay at Philadelphia, so we cannot pick any of those players, which kind of sucks because uh, I was going to pick Jalen Hurts. Pathological lying, also called Seudologia Fantastica and Mythomania, is a behavior of habitual or compulsive lying. No, I wasn't. He's terrible. <laughs> I actually won using him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you did. So, yeah, standard PPR scoring. You look at the players we pick. You say in the comments below on our YouTube page here, not Facebook, not Twitter, who you think's going to win. If you win, you get a point, and whoever has the most points at the end of the year gets a pretty sweet prize. It's a uh, set of framed Minnesota Vikings cards. Very, very cool prize. I'm feeling kind of crazy. We might even add something to oh. uh, make another prize for the winner. Oh. <laughs> make it a, a double duty. A twofer. A twofer. Let's make it a twofer. We don't, we don't award prizes for second place because that's just the first loser here at Vikings. No, no we don't do we had one, one winner take all. That's me and Ted's <laughs> idea. And you know what? Let's throw up those standings because people right now are probably thinking, well, who's, yeah. leading this, who's leading this cool race? And we throw up the names right there. Those are everybody who have won weeks. You can still get in this contest and go on a run. You can still win. It's still wide open, Ted. Yeah, it's anybody's contest. If you play fantasy football, you know, just every week, it's just a crapshoot. I mean, I had Saquon Barkley hurt in the first quarter and then Calvin Ridley, after I picked him, couldn't make the trip to England for a family problem. So I, I'm out, you know, two spots right there. So it just happens. Whose team are we going to reveal first this week? Tootsis, who do you got this week for fantasy football? Yeah. Yeah. All right. This week. <laughs> <laughs> now you're... All you see is the, the picture of the cat. You should see her face. She's shooting daggers at Drew is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got out some big guns this week. That's what she said. My quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. <sighs> Running back, James Robinson. Wide receiver, Chase Claypool. Wide receiver, Jamar Chase. And tight end, Mike Jacecki. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Toonses loves you more than you will know. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That's really good, man. What's that you say, hey, Mr. Robinson? Robinson? 50 points would be optimal for her. <laughs> dur, dur, dur. dur, dur, dur. Her, man. I didn't know you were a singer. I'm not. Who you got, Drew? Who you got this week, buddy? What's that you say, Mrs. Robinson? Jesus loves you more than... I got Patrick Mahomes. Oh. Guess who my running back is, Tunces? James Robinson. Same two that Tunces has. My wide receiver is Cooper Cup. My other wide receiver is Cortland Sutton. And my tight end is Hunty Henry from the Patriots. All right. Uh, my quarterback this week is Kyler Murray. My running back is, is Jonathan Taylor. My one wide receiver is Justin Jefferson. My second wide receiver is what one of the guys drew pick, Cooper Cup. And my tight end is Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens. That is a good lineup. So 
Take a look at our lineup. We'll put them up there on the board again. Look them over. Let us know in the comments who you think is going to win this week. If you pick correctly, you get a point. And whoever has the most points at the end of the year wins now two prizes. Not one, but two. two which four. is one more touchdown than the Vikings have scored in the second <laughs> half. <laughs> All right, uh, Drew. You know what time it is. Enthusiasm. What time is it, Ted? It is time to preview the Carolina Panthers game with the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings travel to Charlotte to take on the three and two Carolina Panthers. They started out three and oh, they've lost two straight, including a 21 18 stinker to the Philadelphia Eagles. Bad loss for them. That was a bad loss for them. I heard a lot of locker room brawling, a lot of brawling with the coach, a lot of fan anger. It's not going to be good going in there when they're angry. All right. So we, uh, as you can see, Ruby's put up our standard preview board here. Is a tribute to the old NFL Today show with Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek Snyder. We'll start off with uh, quarterback, and we will work our way down to our final category, which is intangible. <laughs> I love intangibles. That is really cool. That's my favorite part of doing the show right there. All right, Drew, who do you got for quarterback? We'll let you kick this off. I think both Darnold and Cousins have had pretty good seasons. Darnold coming off what you just mentioned, that stinker against the Eagles. That's his worst game of the season. Uh, 21 of 37, only a buck 77 in the air and three interceptions. Both very similar styles. I think him, you could almost say Cousins and Darnold kind of have the same style of game. Uh, Cousins doesn't have the luxury of a really good defense like Sam Darnold has, but Cousins is on the road and that's always a an iffy situation. Really close when I was evaluating this position. I really wanted to give it to Cousins, but... Uh, I have to give a slight checkmark edge to, to Darnold. Really? Yeah, and I knew you were going to be surprised by that. I just, being on the road, the Carolina Panthers are second in yards allowed. Yeah, they're a good team. They're a good defense. Points and yardage are going to be tough to come by, and usually in that situation, Cousins struggled. Okay, I'm going to give mine to Kirk Barely. I, I agree, Sam Darnold's sort of had a rejuvenation in Carolina. He got away from Adam Gase. He got away from the Jets. It seems to help everybody when they leave the Jets. You know, we talked about Kirk a little bit earlier. I, I think he's having a pretty decent year. And I think this is going to be a big test for him and for the Vikings offense and for all the griping and complaining that the Vikings fans have been doing. I, I think they're going to come out and have a very aggressive game plan. So I'm going to go with Kirk this week. Okay. All right, the running game. Both premier backs, Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey, are dealing with injuries. Earlier today, I saw Matt Rule told his – associated or his his beat writer press pool or press core or whatever that he is very hopeful that Christian McCaffrey will play Dalvin Cook's status he was a game time decision yesterday and was deactivated we could probably expect more of the same leading up to the game this week I really don't know who's gonna if either Cook McCaffrey neither or both will play 
So that makes you really focus on the backups uh, for the Vikings. It's Alexander Madison for the Panthers. It's uh, rookie Chuba Hubbard. I like Chuba Hubbard. I think he's just a Madison stats are a little bit better. Chuba Hubbard, I think, is a, a just a, a little bit better back, and plus he's going to be at home. I think he's got a little bit better line. I think he runs better on the natural surface. I'm going to give the sled edge to to the Panthers here and Chuba Hubbard. Man, that's all right across the board. Really, not much to add to that. That's kind of how I had it down in my notes, and everything you said was almost perfect. Great minds thinking alike. Straight up with everybody healthy, probably slight edge to Carolina. I don't know. Of course, if one of the superstars sit, that would give the check mark to the other team. Very, very similar. Like you said, two superstar running backs, but two very, very good backups with Hubbard and, and Madison. I think both of them each have multiple hundred yard games as backups this year. But I agree that Chuba Hubbard's a little bit more dynamic. He's got you know, more ability to rip off some bigger chunk plays. Again, very close on this, but I've given a slight edge to the Carolina Panthers with my check mark. Receiving game, Drew, who you got? Really great wide receivers in this game, Ted. You know, DJ Moore's our number one. Justin Jefferson's our number one. Identical. You talk about identical. If you look at their numbers, Moore has 50 targets and 35 catches. Jefferson has 45 targets and 33 catches. Moore has 440 yards and three touchdowns, and Jay Jets has 462 yards and three touchdowns. I think defensive coordinator Phil Snow is going to be rolling coverage over and double-teaming Jefferson all day. I think Thielen's going to have a big day for the Vikings. I think he'll be their number one receiver. Going to have to go with the Vikings on the checkmark, Ted. I mean, I think they, I don't know what they're doing at tight end. They traded for that Dan Arnold guy when they already had Ian Thomas. I think Conklin's better than both of them. So I'm going to give the Vikings a slight edge at tight end, and I'm going to give the Vikings a check mark. I think the Vikings receivers are are a little bit better, I, especially when you throw wide receiver three into the mix, K.J. Osborne. He's been quiet the past couple of weeks, but I, I think this is a game where he might step up. However, when I look at the Panthers secondary versus the Vikings secondary, it's going to be who is going to win those matchups. And I think Carolina has a better advantage playing at home against a weaker secondary than because the, the Panther secondary is pretty pretty good. I mean, I think the individual players are a little bit better, but I think the Panthers receivers who are just a step below the Vikings are going to be able to make more plays based on the competition they are facing. So I am going to go with the Carolina Panthers by just a hair. Just a smidgen? A smidge. But if Amir Smith-Marset was playing, you'd give a heavy check to the Vikings, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, 100, Vikings 100% all the way. <laughs> all right, offensive line. You know, the Panthers' offensive line isn't great, especially their interior offensive line. No, it isn't. Um, Besides center, they got a pretty decent Yeah, line. Matt Paratus is pretty good. Taylor Moulton is pretty good, but... Cam Irving and the left side of the line, Cam Irving and, and Dennis Daly don't strike fear into anybody. Cam Irving's out. Out. He is out. Okay. Which makes it even worse. And their right guard, John Miller, is almost Dakota Dozier bad, if you want to believe pro football focus. I'm going to give the etcher. You add, when you add in Christian Derrissaw, who we both think is going to play more this week, Oli Udo and, and uh, Ezra Cleveland have kind of struggled the past couple of weeks, but nothing like we saw last year. Garrett Bradbury isn't a complete dumpster fire, which is nice. I'm going to give the check mark to the Vikings this week. Yeah, uh, Matt Paradis, the old Bronco, he's like the strong point of their offensive line, but they got a lot of, with Irving out, got some serious problems up there. They've allowed 14 sacks this season, Ted. And Minnesota, surprisingly, has only allowed nine. For as much pressure as they give up to Kirk Cousins, it seems every every down he's under pressure. 
They've only given up nine sacks on the season. I am too going to give my check mark to the Vikings offensive line. I think they're, like I said, they give up a lot of pressure, but you know, when the chips are down, I think they come through and I'm going to give them the check mark this week for the O-line. What about the defensive line, Drew? There's one area Carolina Panthers really excel at, and the reason they're number three overall on defense, partially it's because of that great secondary they have that you just mentioned about five minutes ago, but it's got to be the D-line. Brian Burns, Derek, big Derek Brown from Auburn, Daquan Jones, Morgan Fox. They'll throw you around. They're very physical and very athletic. I think Derek Brown in the middle is going to be a really big problem for the Vikings. I don't know what they're going to do. I know I, I can tell... Uh, Bradbury is tie your hair back in a bun so he doesn't swing you around by it. That's about the only <laughs> advice I can give you. I do like O'Neal against Brian Burns, who's a very good defensive end. I like that matchup, though. I think it's going to be another, they're going to overpower us up front, and that's going to be partly the reason it's going to be tough to move the ball. I, I don't see how you can not give the Carolina Panthers a defensive line to check mark on there. I think individually the Vikings have, have better players, but as a unit, the Panthers are playing as a better unit. All credit to Everson Griffin. I, I think he's having a tremendous year, rejuvenated his career here. He is, isn't he? He is. Uh, Daniil Hunter is is playing good football. The Vikings defensive line is is doing a really good job of bringing pressure, but they're still not doing a very good job of stopping the run. And when you look at the Panthers defensive line, they just are playing a more complete game as an overall unit than than the Vikings are. So I'm I'm going to have to give this to the to the Panthers as well. Yeah, they're still under 100 yards allowed rushing a game. Yeah. And I don't think we've been under 100 yet, have we? No, I don't think so. I think so. we've been over 100 every game. They average, they average 94 yards allowed on the ground. So they got a pretty stout front seven. The linebacker core, if there is a gap in talent here, I would argue the Carolina Panthers linebacker core is up here in the Vikings, although they've got Eric Kendricks. The, the Vikings linebacking core is, is not even close to as good, in my opinion. I mean, Anthony Barr came back against Detroit. I didn't think he looked particularly well, but it's the first time he played in over a year. He got pushed around, didn't have a very good PFF grade, just was not impressed. I think as the week goes on or as the, as the weeks go by, he'll get more into game shape and get better. He was interviewed on, on one of the daily press conferences, and he's like, yeah, I just kind of at times I was thought I was going to explode. It hurt so bad, but, you know, I'll get better. Kendricks is not having a great year, but when you look at Shaq Thompson, Jermaine Carter and Hassan Reddick, that is a linebacking trio right there, and I, they're, they're good. They clean up. They fill gaps well. When they tackle you, you don't get away generally. They're just a really good unit. going to give it to the Panthers here. That is very well said. I, too, think they have a very strong linebacking core. I'll talk about Hassan Reddick towards the end of the show because he's part of my intangibles at the end. Shaq Thompson. This, might, this is kind of interesting, though, Ted. You mentioned Shaq Thompson. He didn't play last week. And I think that's one of the big reasons they lost that game to the Eagles. That was a really bad loss, the Eagles. There was, was. That's a really bad loss. Shaq Thompson didn't play. So if it carries over and he doesn't play this week, I think that is actually a pretty good advantage for the Vikings. It is, it yeah. Can't, it can't hurt not having Shaq Thompson not playing. Yeah, I'm just going on the assumption he's going to play. Him and Reddick are so disruptive at the linebacking core. They are heads and shoulders above the Vikings. I mean, I'll just say it right now. Reddick leads the team in, ta in sacks with six and a half and in tackles for loss with five, a linebacker. So that means they use that guy on blitz packages. They're throwing them all over the field. He and Thompson get started. You don't know which is coming at you. That's what makes them so damn good. I, too, am giving my check mark to the Carolina Panthers linebacking core. Drew, what do you got for the, for the Panthers secondary? Ted, have you looked at the cornerback group of this team for the Panthers? They're good. Yeah, they're good. Come on, man. Dante Jackson, the great player from LSU, 
former first rounder on the Drew Big Board, CJ Henderson out of Florida, AJ <laughs> He's good. He's on the bench because the other guys are too good. And they just traded for Stephon Gilmore, Stephen Gilmore, whatever that guy's name is. Yeah. That's all their corners, dude. That alone gets them the check mark. Yeah. Plus, you combine that up with uh, Jeremy Chin, one of the best safeties in football, Jeremy Chin. Secondary all the way check mark, Smitty, to Carolina. I mean, and the Vikings got Patrick Peterson, who's playing okay. Is Cameron Dansford going to play? Is he going to come off COVID list and play? Maybe, but the Vikings may roll with Bashad Breeland again, who, you know, about the only thing he's good at is sending derogatory tweets to the fans. I think Harrison Smith has lost a step. He has not looked particularly good this year, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a clear advantage, Carolina. The linebacker and core and the, and the secondary is going to be two huge difference makers in this game for for the Panthers, in my opinion. That's that's where the game is going to be won or lost. All right, red zone. Vikings offense is 9 of 13. The defense is 8 of 11. The Panthers offense isn't really all that efficient when they get in the red zone. Only 11 of 18. Defense is about as bad as the Vikings, giving up eight touchdowns and 10 tries. I would argue that part of the reason the Panthers offense in the red zone is sputtered is because a lot of it revolves around Christian McCaffrey. If he comes back this week and he's fully 100%, I think that would be a clear advantage for the Panthers. I just don't know what's going to happen. If, if he plays, I think the Panthers have an advantage here. But for right now, if it's just Alexander Madison, Chuba Hubbard, which we're kind of speculating it might be, I'm going to give a slight check to the Vikings here. For having the third-ranked overall defense in the NFL, they're surprisingly bad in the red zone, the Panthers. They're 29th, yeah. 29th of the league at allowing touchdowns. The Vikings are number eight in the NFL in red zone offense. You pair those two numbers together, that gets you a big fat little check mark for the Vikings in my book. Uh, what do you got for special teams? Special teams. Panthers punter Joseph Charlton has a 39-yard average. <clears throat> Dude, I had a better average in high school punting. 39 yards. Yeah. 39, Ted. Not good. That just sucks. Their kicker's overrated Zane Gonzalez, who is a unicorn coming out of college. He's going to kick 80-yard field goals and do the – Best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> Overrated group. The only thing I give to really to uh, Carolina is they had a, a guy named Erickson, who's a really good kickoff and punt returner. He's got a really nice average. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, overall, the Vikings just keep putting up good special team games. And as long as they do that, they're going to get my check mark, brother. I'm going to give it to the Fick and Catalina wine mixer on this one. Vikings yeah! get the check. <laughs> good man. All right, coaching. <laughs> Ted always leads off coaching. <laughs> no Matt words have to be. Nobody even says. <laughs> Matt Rule. I'm gonna give it to Matt Rule. Matt Rule. I, I I don't. I've said my piece about Mike Zimmer. Matt Rule. Drew. <laughs> I think when you put the combination of Matt Rule. And OC Joe Brady, who I think is a really good offensive coordinator, I think they have bigger onions than Mike Zimmer, and I think they risk-take a little more. Matt Rule had a trick play every week at Baylor. Every freaking week that guy had a trick play, or he'd go for it or do something weird. He's not hes not scared to pull the trigger on things. Those two guys together, I like the progressive thinking. For me, they get the check mark on the coaching end of it, and I know Rule doesn't have as many 
coaching years is Zimmer, but uh, I can't pick Zimmer over over either of those guys. All right, Drew, it's time for my favorite topic. You get to lead off intangibles, then lead us right into Jumo. Intangibles. Hanson Reddick, that linebacker I mentioned earlier, it's going to be a huge X factor in this game. The Vikings better figure out where he is on every play, every single play, because he's disruptive. And if Shaq Thompson plays, it's going to be even tougher because you don't know where they're coming from. Hassan Riddick is my first intangible. My second is the red zone that we just talked about. Yards are going to be tough to come by. Carolina is second in the league in yards allowed. Points are going to be tough to come by. Got to get that ball in the end zone, Ted, when they get down there. They have to. Again, number three intangible trick plays. I'm telling you, it's coming this week. I'm calling it right now. Matt Rule is going to fake a punt or a field goal. Something is going to be a big trick play mixed into all this going to happen Vikings better be aware of it my fourth intangible is two things third down conversions and penalties whoever wins those two categories Ted wins the game this is going to be a really tough tough game I think they're going to play a lot better than they did against Detroit because history has had it when the Vikings play to their opponent and the bottom feeders they also can bounce up and play to the opponents that are that are it, just what I've seen. That's what I feel like. I think the Vikings are going to play better, but this game comes down to what I just said. Those turnovers, the mistakes, the crucial handful of plays. It's going to be tough sledding against that defense. They're better than Cleveland, I think. And you know how the Cleveland game went, how sluggish that was. Let's see if they learned their lesson. Let's see if they take some chances and, and spread that ball around and try to stretch the field a little. So for my intangibles, this is a road game for the Vikings. They are playing outside on natural grass surfaces they don't generally play very well on and I'm just going to give that intangible to Carolina I I just I just am not very optimistic with the Vikings going on the road after playing a really bad game at home against a really bad football team because you put 30 other NFL teams as the Minnesota Vikings opponent they're probably going to lose 29 of those 28 or 29 of those games intangible I give to the Carolina Panthers here, and then for the game overall, who are you picking? The only game I've screwed up on is that Bengals game. Yeah. I called that one completely wrong. I got Carolina being a little bit better, low defensive game. I got them by four or five points this week. As do I, and uh, time to meet with the right Reverend Jones and drink up, because this week, purple Kool-Aid's a little bit poisonous, kids. <laughs> you're going to drink it, and your throat's going to tighten, and you're going to end up dead in the field in Guyana. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings are at two and three. They're going on the road. They don't play a very aggressive type of football. I agree with you. I think they're going to hang with Carolina, but the difference is going to come down to Matt Rule coaching to win versus Mike Zimmer coaching not to lose. And I, I think what's going to happen is the Vikings are going to get close. And instead of going for it on fourth down when they could tie the game, they're going to kick a field goal to get within four, not thinking that Carolina is going to march right back down the field and score a touchdown. And it's just going to be one of those games where whoever kicks a field goal first loses. And the Minnesota Vikings are going to kick that first field goal. And I, I think it's going to cause the Vikings to come up short. So right, Reverend and I are going to have a little drink together, as I call the Carolina Panthers. Is the Kool-Aid for winning or losing? I'm confused at this point. Reverend, Reverend Glover, what is it? I changed the rules when I got the cup. The, pur <laughs> the purple Kool-Aid, there's always going to be purple Kool-Aid in here. All right. It just depends on whether it's going to be laced with arsenic or not. Oh, this, okay. <laughs> this week, we got a little arsenic in the Kool-Aid. Okay, now I, now I got you. Now I got you covered. I'd like to add one thing to my game plan. Yeah. <laughs> Just choking away. 
if there's ever a game where the Vikings need Dalvin Cook, I think Dalvin Cook could be the difference in maybe squeaking this thing out. I'm not going to change my game prediction, but I'm just saying Dalvin Cook could really be a difference in this game. I'll tell you, if, if they could get a win here, it would be huge. Going going three and three into the break, into the bye after starting off 0-2 would be would be an enormous turnaround after what we thought was close to disaster to start things off. All right, so that does it for our preview. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come back with trivia and wrap the show up. Yeah! Polar flavor is here. A world of polar flavor. Polar flavor has made Black Label the world's leading internationally brewed beer. Try it. Welcome to the Son of a biscuit-eating bulldog. What the French toast? Did you think I wouldn't find out about your little doo-doo head cootie queen? Who are you calling a cootie queen, you lint liquor? Pickle you, cumquat! You're overreacting. No, Bill, overreacting was when I put your convertible into a wood chipper. Stinky McStink face! You Hoboken. Fabulous. New Orbit Raspberry Mint cleans another dirty mouth. For a good clean feeling, no matter what. All right, welcome to Toots's Trivia. How are you guys doing? Hey, Toots's. Hi, Toots's. Hello. So today we are going to do the same thing as the last couple weeks. We have three categories. Night Stalker, Vikings Panthers, and Who Am I? Which is a visual category. Okay. We are going to start with the Night Stalker. What was the nickname of the city morgue attendant Gordon Spengler? Can't remember. Gordy. Gordy what? Gordy how? <laughs> Gordy the ghoul. Princess, you gotta give us a little credit on that. I knew it was Gordy something. All right. What was the nickname of Captain Siska? I, I can't remember. All I remember is being petrified whenever I watch this show. Played by Simon Oakland, I do believe, who did a bunch of... Mad Dog. Did a bunch of Twilight mm, Zone. Mad Dog. So there was one season, you guys can't even remember these two simple questions. <laughs> no, no. Actually, I, I remember Darren McGavin with the camera and everything else, but yeah. I don't remember a lot of details of this show. All right. Well, let's see. Kolchak was a reporter for the Chicago branch of what newspaper? Chicago Sun. Yeah. The Independent News Service. Which was also, also. the name <laughs> of the Chicago Sun after they sold it. To the independent news source. Hey, Zimmer. Use <laughs> King. All right, last one. Am I going to sweep you? What kind of car did Kolchak drive? Mustang convertible. Yeah, he drove a Mustang. Yellow Ford. Correct. Yes. Good yeah, job. <laughs> All right. Moving on to Vikings Panthers. First question. When is the last time they played? Uh, wasn't it? I know they lost at Carolina in 2017. The Daniil Hunter game when he destroyed them. Wasn't that his game when he had he a safety or something? A couple sacks? Um, Zeeland had a big catch and then they won it at the end. I think that was, yeah. Okay, uh, 20, uh, 2017? Yeah. yeah, 2017. They played last year, guys. They did? Yes. They did? Apparently. In Carolina or in Minnesota? Ooh. 
Why do I not remember that game? I don't either. Last year oh, yeah, was just Teddy, a big remember? blur. Yeah. Remember Teddy oh, threw that pick? Oh, that's right. Yeah, they, and he had, Teddy had a wide open dude in the end zone that would have won it. And the bat throw was so bad. <laughs> when the receiver came down, he tore his ACL. Yeah. No, it was, it was, no, it's the offensive line's fault, Ted. Get it right. Oh, my bad. Okay. Yeah. My bad. All right. Next question. The Vikings and the Panthers first played a game in 96. In that game, which Vikings wide receiver caught two touchdowns and which quarterback threw the passes? Warren Moon started that year and he got benched for Brad Johnson. Um, it was Brad Johnson. So Warren, I, Warren Moon. Uh, Warren Moon is correct. Yeah, right. John Ted. And who would have caught the passes in 96? So it been four Moss. It could have been Chris Carter. Could have been Hassan Jones. Kelly Campbell, maybe? One of those is correct. Hassan <laughs> <laughs> Jones. I, maybe, Jake, maybe Jake Reed, too. Um, Chris Carter. Moon and Carter. That is correct. Yeah! <laughs> Damn, Ted. You went to Canada to get to Mexico there. You know really a big, really a drag out gunfight here tonight. Huh? Give me some of that. How's it go? It's really a heck of a day in Charlotte as our Viking Redders get ready to take on the Carolina Panthers. Both teams are down one running back. What cost Christian McCaffrey suffered a hamstring pulling early in week two? <laughs> Dalvin Cook's been nagging, had a nagging ankle injury. I can't, I can't suffered against see. the dastardly Cincinnati. <laughs> I can't even tell you how freaking fantastic that is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh. All right. Which Vikings defensive player ended his career in Carolina in 2015? Jared Allen? Yes, Jared yes, Allen. Yeah. All right. Last one. Got everyone in this category so far. Which current Vikings defensive player was drafted by the Vikings, played a few years later in Carolina for one year, and then came back? Oh, um, Weatherly, Stephen Weatherly. Good job, you swept that category. As long as I'm quiet, we're winning. <laughs> Keep going, Ted. Keep, bring home the victory. Wait, that's one, two, three, four. That's five and three right now. We got five right and three we missed, so we're leading. All right, now who am I? This is a visual category, so you just have to guess who the person is. Is this Christian McCaffrey or Adam Thielen? That looks like Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Good job. All right. Who am I? Well, who are our options? <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a big fat hint in this picture. Um, Everson Griffin? Look at the big, what is the big hint in this picture? What is like drastically standing out in this picture? Gloves. Teddy. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. Right. Teddy. I thought it was guys that still had to be on the team, but okay. All right. No, it's Teddy two gloves, bro. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm with you. I'm tracking. All right. And in this case, it could be Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Robbie Anderson or Snoop Dogg? Uh, I'm going to say Robbie Anderson. I'm going to say Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg? All right, Snoop Dogg. That is Snoop Dogg. Yes! <laughs> oh, this is the funnest time we've ever had uh, trivia, man. This is the best trivia we've ever had. I'm calling it right now. All right. Just Last a cracker one. jack of a trivia tonight. <laughs> Sorry. Who am I? Um, Steve Smith? Manti Teo? <laughs> Good job, Ted. Oh my God, Ted. I love Steve Smith. It was one of my favorite NFL commentators. So we won. Yes. We're, we're, we, yes. Good job, you guys. Thank you for playing. victory for our Vikings report, guys. 
pulled it out at the last minute with very little time remaining on the clock. That was my favorite trivia we've ever done right there in 37 episodes. Thanks, Tunces. Thank you, Tunces. All right. So that'll do it for another episode. Thanks again, everybody who has been watching, commenting. Uh, subscriptions are 4,300, 4,400 now, whatever it is. We're, we're Zooming. We're getting a ton of views on our shows. Thank you so much again for the, for the fantasy football. Don't forget, figure out who you think is going to win this fantasy football contest for this week and put, uh, put Team Ted, Team Tunces, or Team Drew in the comments below, not on Facebook, not on Twitter. But you can follow us on Facebook, Vikings Report, Drew and Ted. Like the page. You can follow us on Twitter. The show page is at Report Ted. My Twitter handle is at Purple Buckeye because I am a Vikings fan and B, I cheer for the greatest college football team ever, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, <laughs> Drew, thanks again for being a great co-host, Tunces, uh, and your daughter, Liz. Thanks ever so much for being the great producers that you guys are. This uh, this show is is tremendous, not because of me, not because of Drew, but because of what Ruby and Liz do after the fact and make us look smart. So thank you again. Don't forget, catch us on Sunday after the Panthers game for Vikings report rewind with me, Drew and our good buddy, Christopher Gates. We shall see you on Sunday afternoon. Drew, take us home. Thank you, Ted. Thanks for being a great host and having another great episode. And thanks everybody for liking and subscribing to this show. We can't do it without you. We love when you make comments, either about the Viking game or about our contest. Don't forget our contest. You will get this cool prize and another one. Uh, thanks, Tunes, for all the work that you do. Enjoy your Viking game in Carolina. Going to be a big game. We can get to 3-3 three and three and level out that record this week. So watch the game, enjoy the game, and then join us for Vikings Rewind right after the live game. We'll be back next week with another episode. But for right now, say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Okay. <laughs>